Welcome to Green Beers Podcast. My name is Mike Savage and I'm here with Charlie Lord and on April Manor. Green Beers Podcast is Renew Energy Partners' uh, new platform for talking about climate change awareness and recognizing great green beers. Uh, climate change is very important to us here at uh, Renew Energy Partners and so is beer. And Green Beers is what we thought was the perfect name. Uh, we understand that this is being released a couple days after St. Patrick's Day, and it's actually a little bit different meaning. Ani, do you want to touch on what green beers mean in the in the beer making process? Absolutely. From what I watched on YouTube, that is released by Ab InBev about the process of beer brewing. So there's a process in which the beer that's being formed is called wort, which then is fermented using yeast to have the byproducts of green beer and carbon dioxide. So that's where green beer basically ties in. So we're covering a lot of the stuff that we care about. Beer, green, and CO2. <laughs> Although in our case, we're trying to reduce, reduce CO2. CO2. <laughs> yes. We're an impact investment firm that invests in energy efficiency projects uh, to provide a return to our investors and reduce carbon emissions. But we will, we will. Uh, but I suppose we hadn't thought about offsetting the CO two produced by our beer consumption. But uh, we'll have to add that into our overall carbon, uh, carbon balance here at Renew. Yeah, and I would say you know another goal. You know, if we were ever to be sponsored, you know, our our address is seven forty five Atlantic Ave. If any beer people down the road want to send us beer, um, to, yeah, taste to taste, to talk about, talk about. Yeah, we're located idea. in South Boston. Um, as our as our listenership grows, this could be yeah. a great way for you to get um, visibility for your beer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, Charlie and Ani, what you know, what drives you for what what drives you into this you know arena for for climate change and or beer? What what you know out of those two, what you know what what why why are we here today? Well, for me, this is Charlie. I uh, uh, we launched Renew five years ago because we wanted to launch a for-profit company that could make a difference on climate change. Uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say we're passionate about fighting climate change. We see it as the as the, the the greatest challenge facing the planet and human society today. And so, to be a part of a company that's investing in energy efficiency projects that reduces climate emissions uh, is exciting because we're helping bring significant resources to reducing climate change. Private money is needed to make this transition to the clean energy economy. On the beer side, we just like beer. And, uh, and uh, that's, you know, that's a good start. One of the, one of the pleasures of life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, hey, this is Ani here. So I'll start with the beer. So though I don't drink the beer, I'm an uh, Aroma therapist for the beer, so I smell the beer <laughs> and I kind of get a. I mean, it's going to be our exclusive uh, scorecard for the uh, beer aroma. Since Absolutely. He's not a drinker. <laughs> <laughs> Just moving on on how I came into this was I'm a mechanical engineer by training, but uh, being born and brought up in India, uh, I did see a lot of scarcity in resources, and uh, it was it always was at the back of my mind, like especially water. Uh, clean drinking water and uh, moving on I did my master's in energy systems and that just kind of embedded the fact that you have to do more with less and have a better impact on this world and I think that's how I came into uh, energy and uh, being with Renew it's just been exciting because every none of, none, none of the days in the week are the same so it's a lot of fun. 
absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about the water because, you know, I, I grew up in Vermont and, you know, up there it's a very different uh, society. I mean, being um, green is sort of just, uh, it's part of growing up, you know, the mm -hmm. Green Mountains, Vermont. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what, what really started for me was, uh, you know, climate change and really the winter, you know. Whenever it started raining, uh, you know, in February or you know January, that, that would really bring me down, and I sort of just started putting those two together. As I, uh, you know, I grew up and, and learned, you know, the true impacts of uh, not so much global warming as was the uh, key term back then, but but climate change and all these different impacts that, that we're going to see. And one of those is, you know, uh, these very energy-intensive processes like beer making. Uh, it, we're we're going to need to tackle those issues, and this is a great platform for us to talk about. You know, how are we going to keep living our lives? Because nobody's going to really change. Let, let's be honest. We mm -hmm. want other people to make these changes for us, but I think together, collectively, we can talk about some policy ideas or initiatives that might make small changes. And you know, small changes will get us there eventually. And as regulations and insight grow, hopefully we'll be able to tackle this problem uh, more proactively. Yeah, and just to, I would add that at Renew, we see significant innovation and even, might argue, revolutions in energy systems across the U.S. In, on three levels, regulatory, business models, and financial models, and technology. And so this will be a platform for Renew to talk about uh, true, true revolutions on all three of those fronts in the energy and environmental space. And uh, where we see that innovation, as you say, Mike, every little piece of that helps in, um, in getting us where we need to go on emissions reductions by 2030, 2040, and 2050. Absolutely. Yeah. Which brings us to today's beer. And, you know, this brewer is really spearheading the sustainability issues. That's New Belgium. Yeah. New Belgium. And, you know, some of the... Actually, let's talk about today's beer first. Uh, yeah. Charlotte, what, what do we have on tap? We've got Fat Tire Amber Ale from New Belgium. Uh, New Belgium is an employee-owned brewery in Fort Collins, Colorado. Fort Collins is a great town. I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's I have right not. up against the mountains. And I, I've been to Belgium, though. So You have. There you go. <laughs> this is New Belgium. Uh, great. It's employee-owned, so it's, a, it's, it's also an impact uh, company and in a couple of different ways, the employee-owned model, but also in their environmental stewardship. They have um, significant programs for managing uh, uh, water use and minimizing wa water waste. Um, they have significant programs for reducing their solid waste. They, re they have something like 99% plus reuse of solid waste. That's amazing. And it is amazing and, uh, and significant um, energy. Energy, water, and solid waste production are the three biggies, and they do a good job on all three, and, and they're leaders on all three. So the fat tire, um, taking a sip now. Yep. Smelling it now. Oh yeah. Ani, what do you think? Well, I'll start with the flavor. It's um, that's pretty good. This is an amber ale, five percent alcohol by volume, so not not one of those head popping IPAs. Um, not particularly hoppy. Um, it's no. got a sort of a sweet malty flavor but nicely balanced, sort of a bright finish. We're gonna to try to do the beer thing without being too geeky about it. Yeah. Overall, I'd say if you, it's got a nice bounce and a nice flavor, very drinkable. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's mass appeal, I, I yeah. would say. You yeah. know, 
it's not going to overpower you. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I need a plate of cheese to drink this. Um, <laughs> you know, and and you don't need an aspirin, right? Yeah, after, you know, right after you finish one in the morning, fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on you know where where you stop, I guess. Um, it's not too sweet, you know. Some of these um, amber ales can get sort of overly malty or sweet, and this one has like a nice crisp finish. So all in all, I, I think this is a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say this beer, you know, has you know a great. Uh, it's our it's our it's our best beer that we've ever reviewed. That's what I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's the most sustainably made beer we've ever reviewed. That's correct. Yeah. Now, I think other beers will have a hard time competing on the sustainability because they, they really do have industry-leading programs on energy, um, solid waste, and water use. We, yes, um, we certainly are setting the bar quite high. But, um, and from a flavor standpoint, as you say, top five beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about a little bit more uh, into the, the beer-making process. Uh, Charlie, you started touching on you know the the three main resources that are involved. But Ani, uh, do you want to talk about how those resources and, and energy is involved? Absolutely. Um, so this goes back to the video that Abin Bev has very graciously put up on YouTube. It, so I came down to a conclusion that there are three uh, processes that require thermal energy, and a lot of it basically. Thermal energy is heating and cooling of the product, whatever is there in the silo, and uh, there are around six to seven uh, processes apart from these three that require intensive electricity. So, and beyond these, basically there are ancillary services which require pumping of this liquid or um, you know keeping pumping of the refrigerants in the processes that again are very energy int uh, very energy intensive and especially electricity intensive. So what this brings me to a thought is, where is this uh, setup? Basically the energy mix of that state is plays a major role right now because it's a very energy intensive process. Yes, and the extent to which they're using on-site energy. And I know, for example, Fat Tire, it, uh, New Belgium is, uh, has some re renewables. But as you say, Ani, it's an energy intensive process and um, uh, the the grid mix of their electricity uh, has a big impact on the carbon emissions. That is the grid mix, meaning what are the power sources for electricity in their grid? Uh, is it coal? Is it uh, hydro? Is it solar? So in Colorado, um, that's going to drive some of it. But they are, to, to be clear, creating some of their own energy with renewable sources yeah. also. And yeah. this exactly. is where the, the regulatory side sort of plays into the role. because. You know, as a private customer, you don't really control where, where that power is coming from on the grid. Mm -hmm. uh, but the utility in Colorado Excel Energy, they uh, this fall put out goals of getting to 80% reductions on their carbon emissions by 2030. I mean, that itself is a very great goal. Um, as we you know talked about earlier, we need to make drastic uh, reductions over the next couple of years. Right, but you know it's interesting. Uh, Ani, uh, Ani pointed out that the, to the extent they're drawing energy from the grid, uh, you are beholden to the emissions profile of your local exactly uh, uh, emissions. Uh, I mean your local grid, Colorado and Eastern Wyoming, two hundred and twenty-five um, CO two um, kilograms per MBTU of energy produced. That's wow. that's high. Ohio Valley is higher. 
Um, but for example, just by comparison, the eastern New England, where we are, that number is 130 kg per million BTU. So to reiter reiterate, uh, we won't geek out on the beers, but on the energy, we will. We absolutely <laughs> We will proudly geek out on the energy piece. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. We, actually, that's a nice little feature. We'll talk about the, um, the uh, carbon footprint of, of, each of each brewery based on where they're located. So. Absolutely. So yeah. by the same token, this is also the most, the least sustainable um, beer that we've reviewed as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, can, they should definitely release a report on how they're offsetting this with various uh, services that are, that they're doing on on the lines of recycling water, recycling solid waste. That's a lot of carbon reduction that they're doing at their end. So if there's a report out there, we'd definitely look to you know, absolutely refer that next time. <laughs> well, they have a carbon reduction plan, I think, at this brewery to put their carbon emissions on uh, in line with the um, IPCC, which is the International uh, Scientific Panel that's monitoring carbon change. emissions and climate change, and Perfect. the recommendations for how much we need to cut emissions country by country mm -hmm. to to stay below the sort of worst um, global effects. Yeah. So any company that commits to IPCC recommendations for their own carbon footprint is doing a pretty good job. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that conversation about the IPCC uh, report <coughs> would be very interesting as well, because mm -hmm. um, that's talking about some of the, the best case scenario in terms of uh, global warming and climate change, in terms of temperature um, increased by, I believe it's uh, two degrees. Two degrees. Yeah. That's the best case. Yeah. Um, In fact, that's a topic, as you say, for, for one of our future podcasts. For, yeah. Yes. For I just made one yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so let, let's talk about you know those three resources: water, energy, the environment, and let's talk about uh, ways of initiatives and certificates of helping private companies, public institutions. Um, work to think smarter about this. And, and one of the leading certificates is LEAD, um, Leadership in Energy, Environment, and Design. Ani, can you give us a 30-second lightning round on what LEAD is? Yeah, absolutely. So LEAD is a basic uh, certification that uh, private, and private customers, could be building co-ops, hospitals, universities, uh, that could basically apply for this, which has a design basis on the architecture of the building, the water consumption, electricity consumption, any energy efficiency measures that they have taken. So you get points for each of these uh, matrices that they have online. And after this, you are certified either, you're either LEED certified, silver, gold, or platinum. And that's a good uh, feather on your cap as uh, on the construction point of view, right? Yes, and there is a lead for uh, retrofits as well. So it's a, it's a certification Absolutely. for both yep. new buildings and for retrofitting a building. As you say, Ani, it's treated as a sort of a feather in the cap. So most anybody who's listening to this uh, will have seen a lead plaque uh, in a building that they walk into, and it's increasingly used to essentially market the sustainability um, attributes of the building. Interestingly, um, a number of cities, including Boston, have integrated the basic lead into their new building design standards. So no new building for, since about 2012 in Boston has, would fail to meet the minimum standards for lead because it's in the, it's in the building performance standards for new construction. Um, 
Um, and, and similar, you know, the state of Rhode Island has the same sort of regulation for silver or better. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. You know, lead. I think is a great um, tool to benchmark, right? The yeah. Where and how these buildings should be built at, at a very high level, mm -hmm. and. Let's talk about, I, I guess, the details of what LEED really means. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of the in, the energy, that, and I, I think the energy, at least from our perspective, that might be the controversial issue. Um, and, and you know, so Ani, why do you think it's controversial that the energy portion of or LEED at all? Yeah, absolutely. This um, this comes back to the point of uh, how you monitor it, like. Um, you know, um, energy efficiency measures that you take in your new construction or a retrofit building are only effective when you monitor them, right? So if your lights are not, though you've changed them to LEDs, but you're not running the retrofitted lights, but you're running fluorescent light lights, at the end of the day, you're still having the same carbon footprint as you had before, which, which basically brings to the point that why it is uh, controversial is because they, don't, they do not have an ongoing maintenance and monitoring system to see the level of uh, reduction in consumption for energy, water, and the likes. Yeah, and as you pointed out, um, Ani, uh, LEED certification uh, it is a great framework for um, essentially committing a building to asking a number of questions about its impacts energy water siting location but you can get a lead certification and not particularly move the needle on energy use or uh, carbon emissions right because you're getting scored for a lot of things bike racks um, design standards and so forth uh, we don't typically in fact we never include lead certification in our projects because we're driven by a different metric not did you get a certification but how much did you did we reduce the carbon emissions for a building so like as you point out Ani we have to, we measure that every year we measure that in every project project it's in some ways a single but very rigorous metric for the impact on climate change and there are people who are asking you know is lead tough enough for climate change you know uh, it certainly is a great starting point yeah. for asking questions about the sustainability of a building, but it certainly shouldn't be the ending point because um, it doesn't necessarily equate to lower carbon emissions and it doesn't include on ongoing measurement. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, you know, along those lines, there are other certificates out there, and but LEED, uh, I would say, is, you know, the most well-known. It's been around since the 90s. And it's been a you know a hot topic among AEE uh, Association of Energy, Energy Engineers, um, architectural people. You know, uh, really because I think they uh, lead and and the U.S. Green Building Council, the, the group behind lead, has done a great job of marketing it. And really, that that plaque means something now. But how can we you know take that plaque to mean something even even more? You know that because we have aggressive climate goals and we really need to, I, I think, make all of these lead buildings even more efficient or optimize them. I, I think they are built you know, to a high degree of standard, but are they optimized? Um, and one, a new certificate, um, the Living Building Challenge, um, 
does that. It has 12 months of um, M&V uh, after it's operational, uh, measurement and verification that is, uh, to confirm that the building is actually being used, that the lights are turning off when they should be, that air conditioning isn't blowing you know, 60 degree airs in, in rooms that, that nobody's using. Um, that people aren't opening up windows, you know, in the middle of win winter. You know, there, there's a lot of, um, and, and a lot of the, a lot of things that I'm talking about are at least um, uh, the human aspect, mm -hmm. uh, which you know takes goes back into that uh, aspect that we talked about a little bit. Nobody wants to make these changes themselves, mm -hmm. right? Every, mm -hmm. But we, we need to have these regulations, these, these initiatives to help people make these tiny, minute changes so that we get there at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that's, a, I think that's a, from a global standpoint, a great um, uh, essentially way to look at, at, at all of these certifications. They are a big starting point. They get people asking the right questions. They get, they get building owners on the record committing to a green future. And then I think the critique is, are they continuing to measure? Lead it? Green Building Council is starting to require ongoing measurement of energy use in the first five years. Can it go mm -hmm. beyond five years? Can we set aggressive goals? It's very, think about the difference between saying, I'm a LEED certified building, and saying what New Belgian, New Belgian Brewery said, which was, we're going to, um, we're going to al align ourselves with the IPCC carbon reduction goals, which are 10, 20, 30 year goals for continuous improvement. So I think that's the key about certifications is it's a start, but, what, what, but, but that's different from doing what New Belgium did and saying we're going to do continuous improvement and we're going to tie ourselves to the goals what, of what the scientists say need to be done. That's not happening at LEED. Nobody's saying we need to hit you know, carbon emissions reductions that will that will help us meet the, the IPCC goals. That's much more aggressive. That's why we exist, yeah. <laughs> but it's what we need to do. Yeah. And just, sorry, just to add to yeah. the gravity on what Commitment New Belgium has done, the IPCC is basically the uh, design around the most extreme cases. Basically, they assume all the coal plants in all over the world are going to run for the next 20 years, the PPAs are active, which is not the case, and things like that, you know. They look at real extremes and then uh, have a report. And if a brewery basically complies to IPCC, it's a very big step. Much, I mean, there's a lead is a good start, but it, I think complying to IPCC is your way ahead of the curve. Of yeah. the curve yeah. To make a difference. Yeah, and to add to why we're really here, it's because it makes economic sense to save energy. You know, we aren't. Right. We, we are not a nonprofit. Um, we we are don't expect our. Well, we, we certainly do projects with nonprofits, but most of our customers aren't either. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, we yeah. by implementing energy efficiency and clean generation projects, we are reducing the customers' energy spend, and, and that that for some people is the only green that they care about. It you know it, it's not you know. That's why we like our model because yeah. we can help the environment and make good business sense. One at project time. at a time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, well, this has been fun. Yeah. I, I think just the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, we will have another episode in the near future, um, probably on the Green New Deal and, and some of the new policies that, that are coming out from our uh, regulators. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, please renew it now by yourselves or with us. <laughs> Absolutely. <All right. laughs> Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye now.